Welcome to the Shining Light Podcast. This is Pastor Sam. And Patrick, no compromise with Evil Wyatt. And today we're going to be looking at celebrity pastors. Yay! You know, that brings me to a question. Right away here. Would Jesus wear a pinky ring on his television show? I never saw him wear that pinky ring on his television show. No, no. I, I, I don't know. i just curious about that. If Jesus would, you know, that idea of being a celebrity and, and things like that. But, but no, we're actually not going to be looking at necessarily the uh, riches. I mean, maybe we'll talk about that a little bit of the health and wealth See thing. See where we go. But uh, the, the bigger thing that we're, we're going to be looking at is this idea of how people respond to a celebrity pastor, which actually ties right in with our last podcast of tribalism, because a lot of times people go and say, I'm of the tribe of this person, or I'm of the tribe of that person, and they follow these people. I mean, these people, you know, they, they used to ask if, well, if your friend would jump off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? And some of these people, I mean, they would drink the Kool-Aid of Jim Jones, if you know what I mean. Some of these people have theologically jumped off the bridge with their idols. So we have a cult of personality issue in the church and uh, it's by design that's that's kind of the model of the church today is to build up these celebrity pastors and uh, the the fastest way to build these churches and celebrity pastors is to do what people want what they perceive to want and need which is not to give them the truth of god's word it's to tell them what they want to hear right tickling itching ears is the quickest way to become a celebrity pastor Right. Well, and it's <laughs> if you can do it well. Well, yeah, and it's very interesting too because uh, some people um, they fall for different uh, different messages. It, it, the same. Not everybody's ticklish in the same spot on their ear. Right. And, and so some of these people would go and say, "Well, these other people are tickling ears," but in reality, they are also tickling ears because they're making people hear uh, what what they want to want want to hear. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly and, the definition. And so they're, they're you know they're they're saying it. It's a society-driven church, a culture-driven church, not a biblical-driven church. Right. Now, you uh, recently had an interesting interaction Mm -hmm. where you had to face this. And and by the way, this topic here isn't driven from this instance. Uh, It was suggested in uh, the Shining Light Ministries VIP, their Shining Light Podcast VIP Facebook group. Uh, You should go ahead and join that Facebook group. Um, but I, I believe Jeff Dornick is the one who suggested this. So shout out to Jeff Dornick. Along these lines, yes. Um, and so, uh, but, but, but tell us about that experience of what you had here with, well, the celebrity pastor idea. So th- there was, uh, a, a, you know, you engage people once in a while on, on social media. I was engaging and uh, talking to an individual that made some claims. And uh, I, I brought up that one of these celebrity pastors, and there's some, and some of these, let me stop that for just a second. Some of these guys, that, especially the bigger names, have large, very dedicated groups of followers. And if you say anything that could be construed as being negative towards them, then you are automatically an enemy. They, they don't care anything else. They don't care about the doctrine you're talking about. All they care about is they perceive that you've attacked their idol. And boy, that's, that's when the, the knives come out. So there's an individual I was talking to, and I quoted a celebrity pastor, and, and the, the subject was, he's talked about, um, we had been talking about one of our podcasts that we'd done on... Um, uh, is America a Christian Nation? America Christian Nation, yeah. So we was talking about that, and he put together a, a video of another guy who was from the Master Seminary, John MacArthur's College in California, 
who had come out and said that no, George Washington was not a Christian and, and all these other things that he was relating to this. And he comes from a certain perspective. So I'm saying, in response to this guy, I said, well, do you think maybe that this guy's affiliation with John MacArthur, who is a pietist, and John MacArthur will tell you he's a pietist, Consistently, too. It's, yeah. uh, we're we're not just no, uh, it, making this up. I, I mean, I will give that to MacArthur. He's very consistent in this. He was a pietist back in the uh, 1980s. He was a pietist in the early 2000s, uh, and he's been a pietist continued on. We, uh, we've we got a clips of, um, uh, on Ben Shapiro's show just in 2018. Yeah. He went on there, and he's a pietist. I mean, that's there, there's no doubt about it. He believes that, uh, that America— the founding fathers that they were in sin for rebelling against the crown. He was a Tory, is what uh, we would call that. He'd be loyal, a loyalist to the crown, and uh, he's a pietist. That's, so, so that's you what he keep is. your faith within your church. You don't really um, interact in the political realm and society. So that would be a pietist. And so I said, well, do you think maybe this guy's affiliation in in John MacArthur's view on this? And then I took a, a passage from John MacArthur's book. And I put it out there where MacArthur explains his position. I said, do you think that maybe what he's saying might be due to this affiliation? And the immediate response was, how dare you slander John MacArthur? Like, all I did was print his a passage from his book. Now, slander is an intentional misrepresentation of somebody to go against their character, lying about them to hurt them on a personal level. Slander is not saying something that you disagree with. Slander is not posting something that somebody else said that you're perceiving as a negative attack on that person. That's not slander either. It's really kind of amazing. And, and this, is, this is just one instance. We ran across this before that if you, and I know you had the same thing, if you say something against, say, a, a John MacArthur or a John Piper or a Gospel Coalition, Russell Moore, Russell name, Moore yeah. name any of these guys that have these large followings of people. They take as a personal attack on them and their family, and that you are somehow slandering these people, even when you're saying, well, this is what he said, and I disagree. Why, that's slander. Now, if you say that about the Bible, the Bible says this, well, I disagree. Well, that would be, and you're teaching different, that would be like blasphemy, right? It's almost like they're accusing you of blasphemy for disagreeing with their celebrity pastor hero. And that's a real problem when you put your faith and allegiance so much behind a man, a, a, a fallible man. And we're all fallible men, no matter what our names are, rather than what does the Bible say. Right. And uh, t two things come to my mind right away when you're saying this. The first thing is, is the actual uh, story in and of itself when you're, you're talking about this. It's not like you even gave that much of your own commentary. At that point, no. Uh, you, I was just asking a question. Yeah, you, were, you basically asked a question and quoted John MacArthur from his book, Can Government Save You? You quoted it. And you even put the page number, page six. I remember that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, and the guy says, you're slandering John MacArthur. Think about that. Think about it. it th that's MacArthur slandering himself, uh, if anything. <laughs> well, well, I mean, MacArthur agrees with what he said, right? And he, like you said, he's been consistent with it. And, right. It's and, not like he's recanted of this. Because MacArthur at different times has recanted of different things. But he has not recanted of his pietism. He has been very consistent in his pietism. Not to throw MacArthur in the bus. Not everything John MacArthur says I disagree with. There's been sermons I've, I've heard MacArthur say, and they were, they were beautiful, as most people would, would, would say. But I'm not going to be so blinded by somebody's celebrity status that when they say something that appears to me at least... Well, who are you to disagree with John MacArthur? Well, I'm basing what I'm telling you on the Bible and on history. And in this particular instance, the best of my discernment, and there's other people that feel the same way, who also research and study, that he's wrong. Okay? And he, in that particular passage he's talking about, Romans 13 clearly says, well, what he said 
we obviously would completely disagree with, and right. so would the founders, and a lot of theologians would tell you. Romans 13, which says, which MacArthur would take to mean a total submission to government, no matter how wicked that government is, we would say no, then that's a delegated authority to government from God to people, and people give it to government. When that government defies God, then we have a Christian duty. Well, let's, let's shall we read it? Yeah, the, yeah, let's read, read some scripture. Okay. So, don't slander the Bible now. Okay, I'm not going to slander it. So, setting up the situation in Acts chapter 5, verse 29. So, Peter and the apostles had been preaching in Jesus' name. Well, the ruling authority at that time was the uh, high council there. Okay, they were a theocracy. You had Caiaphas and the council there in Jerusalem. They were a theocracy. They were both the religious authority combined with governmental authority, but they were also under authority of the Roman government. They were a conquered nation, but they were given some autonomy by the Roman Empire to function in the way they saw fit as long as they didn't run afoul of Roman law. So Peter and the apostles were preaching in Jesus' name. This was after the crucifixion, of course. And they didn't like the idea that, you know, the Christ that was crucified, of course, they did it. They didn't want that on their conscience or people rising up against them thinking, well, we crucified who they're saying was the Savior. That's not a good idea. So they taken these guys in, threatened them, and said, you can't preach in Jesus' name. And what uh, the response was, but Peter said and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Wow. So they were rebelling openly against the religious and the government leaders of their day all in one. Mm -hmm. And they said that Nobody's above the truth. Nobody's above God. Nobody's above the Savior whom you crucified. And this is a principle for all of us. We ought to obey God rather than men. When you take these guys and you blindly listen to everything they say because they've said some things that you like. Well, I mean, he hasn't steered me wrong yet. Well, maybe you should read your Bible more and find out maybe they have. Maybe they haven't. But you do not give blind allegiance to men. We ought to obey God rather than men. And the source of God's revelation to us is not through some private interpretation or visions he's given somebody that's contrary to the Bible. The Bible is his word. Absolutely. The reason he gives us this standard is so people can't make claims that God's been telling me things like Muhammad did. Well, God's been telling me these things. I've been getting revelations from God. No, that is a liar. That is a false teacher. That is an apostate. This, these are things we shouldn't be listening to, but we should be giving our allegiance to God rather than men. But in, in the current climate today, that these celebrity pastors now can do no evil in some people's eyes. And that's a real problem because every man sins. Right, every man sins. And I, uh, another thing that, that, that's come to my mind, and this is uh, a quote that, that has been really, really good. Uh, in fact, you're the one who told me, and I think this is from our friend Ron. Okay. Uh, correct I, I me if, it, if I'm wrong, but I think it's, it's from Ron. Um, all men are still men, right? Yeah, Ron would say um, even the best of men are still Th just men. Yeah. Even the best, even the best of, men of men are still, are still just, just men. men. And there's people here that, I mean, there's some error that people, we've talked about this a little bit, we won't get into names right now, but some people actually believe what they're saying that's false. I mean, they're true believers. Mm -hmm. Then there's other people that know better, but they're doing it for their agenda, whatever their agenda is. Liberalism, uh, self-promotion, building their empires, all these sorts of things. Serving mammon. Okay, that, that's right. been happening throughout history. Suddenly at this point in history, it's not like that went away. It's actually worse than it, than it has been because we have technology, ability to reach more people. These people have made fortunes based on their reputation and name. And at this point, there's so much pride there that they will not dispute anything they've said in the past, even if it's been proven to them that it's wrong because they would maybe take a hit on their reputation. Reputation is supreme to people that are prideful. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot of these celebrity pastors today. These big ministries, they thrive on name recognition 
and they thrive on the loyal people that will follow them no matter what. And that's, again, very dangerous for the individual. Yeah, well, so far today uh, at the Shining Light Podcast, we've been looking at, I about said tribalism, that was last podcast, but this one here is <laughs> celebrity pastors. We've been looking at celebrity pastors. And if you like what you've been hearing, check us out at theshininglightministries.com. Once again, it's theshininglightministries.com. Also, find us over at worldviewweekend.com by looking at the radio uh, tab or even the TV tab by looking up In Defense of the Republic. In Defense of the Republic. But this is the Shining Light Podcast. And, you know, Patrick, one thing I do want to uh, ask you about a little bit is when we're talking about the celebrity pastors, is in the book Darkened Pulpits, which is uh, the book that you're currently writing, and uh, put that on your Christmas list. You, I think it's going to come out before Christmas. It has to now, because I've been telling everybody yeah. to put it on the Christmas yeah, list. Yeah, I've got to. We were just talking about timelines. So, uh, but, but are you going to be touching on, not necessarily this idea of celebrity pastors, but are you going to be hitting on some celebrity pastors, naming them by name and exposing some of their false doctrine? You have to, because if you're talking about false teachings and the history of false teachings, where they come from, it ultimately comes down to who's preaching this stuff today, who's teaching this stuff. So if I can lay the foundation, I purposely lay the foundation of where these ideas come from and the beliefs of the people and the influence on the people that kept pushing them forward and coming through to our day. Naturally, it comes if I tell you that this thing, and now you know the history of the false teaching, where it comes from, what it believes, what its foundations are. You also then, of course, need to know who's peddling this stuff. And it's going to be some people, the hard thing is going to be, it's going to be some people that a lot of the readers are going to find that they like or their books were good or, or they've got a positive view of this person. And, I, and that's, that's good and fine, but what I'm asking you to do is not look at the, the charisma or the good speaking skills or whatever this person's showing you, or even the things that they've said that are worthwhile because pretty much everybody in that field says some good things. They have to. They can't come out and completely say a bunch of bad stuff or they're not going to be very popular. So they're going to say things that are going to be tickling your ears, pleasing things, things you'd like to hear, and things that sound good. But nonetheless, they're teaching falsely. And mm -hmm. this, this contributes to false, what people believe I'm saved when they're not really saved. So false conversions, which is terrible because those are the hardest people to reach. The unsaved that think they're saved. Hard, hard people to reach. And then they're teaching you away from the, from the Christian doctrines that Christ gives us and that God gives us. So at best, if you are saved under those situations, you don't do much growing. You don't go through that process of sanctification. You remain a baby Christian and you're, you're pretty much ineffective in the, the life that you lead towards others giving the Great Commission, discipling others, you're incapable of doing that because you're a baby. You don't have five-year-old people, five-year-old kids discipling anybody because they're still immature. If nothing else, they're keeping you immature and believing wrong things. And even to the point, like we're talking about, where you would disallow what the Bible says because your favorite teacher says something different. And, and that's a real problem. If you don't look at everything, be as the Bereans. Right. Take it to the scriptures. If you hear a man say it, if you hear us say something, take it to the scriptures. Now, you might come to some disagreements. There's some minor doctrines that there might be a difference of opinion that that's fine. But the major stuff should be in alignment with what the Bible says. And that's what unifies us. And when it's not, that's when you have a false teacher. And Jesus was actually talking about this. Okay, now if he's talking about it in his day, and he was quoting Isaiah, okay, but it, it was true in his day, and it's certainly true in our day. This is from Matthew chapter 15, verses 8 and 9. And this is something perspective that I always try to keep. I have some perspective verses. This is one of them. These people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart is far from me, 
and in vain they worship me, teaching his doctrines, the commandments of men. And that's exactly what we're talking about. Teaching their own doctrines that are actually commandments of men, not, not Christian doctrine. And that's what a lot of these celebrity pastors can fully get away with. I mean, there's complete apostate churches, the emerging church, mm-hmm. people like Steve Furtick. There's nothing Christian remotely about the guy. He even says his church is for the unsaved. If you get saved, go to another church. Well, you're probably not going to get saved in his church. But it's all about him. It's all about self-promotion, about money. It's about worldliness. It's about even some of the profane things that they've done and said. There's nothing, but there's people that absolutely love the guy. He's entertaining. He's a good speaker. He's energetic. And these are the things we're looking at. We're looking at the sizzle, not the substance. Right. And, and I think the verse that you just brought up actually brings up a pretty good question, and that is, as Christians, whose side are we supposed to be on? That should be pretty easy. We're on Christ's side. We're not. Well, would Christ be a, a Republican or Democrat? Uh, he would be neither. We're to be on his side. He doesn't choose sides. We choose his side. Yeah. Well, and, and when looking at this, when it comes to that celebrity, well, he definitely wouldn't be a Democrat. I can tell you that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking about that. That might be a good point to put in. So yeah. Uh, but but when when looking at at this idea of um, uh, celebrity pastors, a lot of these people they 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 approach a subject and they go and they say, okay, I I don't care if my celebrity pastor is right or is wrong on the subject. I care to be on his side, and. And that's the problem, is that they should, we should all be on the side of truth, which, of course, is Christ's side. Jesus said, right. the way, the truth, the life, no man comes to the Father but by me. And so we need to be on Christ's side. And I think that's a big problem when it comes to celebrity pastors, because people no longer, they, they don't want to criticize their celebrity pastor. And anybody who goes and, and criticizes their, their boy... They're guy, well, some of these people are Beth Moore fans. So, so, or their gal. Or their gal, yeah. Uh, they, <laughs> they go and they criticize them. Uh, they, they go and they absolutely hate them. And, and instead, we ought to listen to the criticisms, look at the criticisms, and we ought to go and then get on the side of truth. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think of a phrase, and I don't want to sit here and just bash on John MacArthur because actually, as funny as it is, out of all the people that we've probably done podcasts uh, exposing John MacArthur might be the closest to what we believe. Uh, that's and, yeah, he, he's head and shoulders above most of these guys that we've been talking about or naming by name. A lot of good stuff that MacArthur's done. Right. One thing uh, that MacArthur said here recently at his Shepherds Conference was, "I don't fight error." Or excuse me, he's <laughs> he did not say that. Sorry, that mm-hmm. is slander in John MacArthur. Yeah. Uh, la, 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 yeah. Let's yeah. back that up here. He didn't say that. I, I messed up the quote here. John MacArthur said, I, uh, I will fight error, but I will not fight my friends. I will fight error, but I will not fight my friends. Uh, that, that's what he said, um, that he doesn't fight his friends. What, uh, what, when we look at that, that's actually him taking a celebrity pastor approach of mm-hmm. going and saying here, these are my buddies. I'm not going to attack them. And then that's what other people, the people under him, take that approach too. They go and they say, well, I'll fight error, but I'm not going to fight John MacArthur. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a problem. Yeah, and, and when you place somebody in that position where they can do no evil, and, you know, and simply pointing out somebody's point, like, like John MacArthur, where, he's, where we find fault with, doesn't mean we're completely attacking John MacArthur and we want to tar and feather John MacArthur and you know, ride him out of town on the rails. There are some of these people that are fundamentally flawed in everything they do in their motivations. And, you know, we've named some of those guys the, the liberal Christians, and John MacArthur is not a liberal, okay? 
the liberal, so-called liberal Christianity emergent church people, a lot of the seeker-friendly people, some big names that, like I said, you've probably read their books. These people are fundamentally self-centered. They're not serving in the Lord. It's not for God's glory. It's for their own. These people, I, can, I would condemn them as teachers. MacArthur does say some stuff that I would agree with. Yeah. And it, and it doesn't make, like, the, the standard isn't what Patrick agrees with, okay? I, I'm hoping I'm agreeing with the Bible. I'm still learning, too. I'm still maturing. Um, I'm still, every day, I, I'm not there yet. I'm doing the best I can with what I got. That's what God calls us to do, to teach what you got. Right, and, and what we have is the Word of God. We have uh, the, the Word of God, and this is what our filter should be. We should be taking everything, looking at it through the filter of God's Word, and this is absolutely vital when we come to that, is that this, this needs to be our standard. It's not what I think. It's not what you think. If you go and you look out there and you say, well, it must be true because the Shining Light Podcast said it, because Pastor Sam said it, because Patrick No Compromise with Evil said it, that's not the standard. You should take everything we say and take it back to the Word of God, and you should be on the Word of God's side. This is who we need to be. We should. I, I preach this pretty consistently here. I go and I say, look, what I preach, you ought to take back to the Word of God, and we ought to agree with the Word of God. This is the side that we take. And, and you know, it gets pretty scary if a teacher isn't willing to say that, because that means that they are pushing their own celebrity rather than pushing Christ. And, and we ought to have um, the attitude of John the Baptist where he said, he must increase, but I must decrease. So point. many of these celebrity pastors have come to a point where they say, I must increase at the sake of Christ. Yeah. they're not. Of course, they're not going to say it that way, but they, they become so used actions. to being <laughs> invited to conferences and and people tell them how great they are, and their popularity is obviously shown by all their the money that comes in and that sort of thing. So they, they are actually taking some of that acclaim and going, well, you know, I am pretty smart, and I'm, you know, I am an acclaimed theologian, and uh, maybe I think this way. And I don't know how that process exactly works, but they take so much pride that they actually can start rewriting passages of the Bible or meanings uh, towards whatever it is that they are kind of gravitating towards. So so Satan's working on the minds of everybody all the time trying to get mm -hmm. you off course. Now here's another a little word of warning. When you, if you run across somebody that say you've said something about uh, a Tim Keller or Russell Moore and you get some of their followers attacking you, realize it's probably not Tim Keller or Russell Moore attacking you directly. Now in some instances maybe it's people that they kind of got in a position. I'm not saying that's the case with any of these guys, but Sometimes you may feel like, well, I've been attacked by one of these celebrity pastors. It's not them. It's their, their followers, and it may be just one of their, a regular guy out there just loves them. So always take that in consideration. You're not hearing from the man himself. If the man himself attacks you, that's a different story, and that's him speaking. But realize that's not all the time what's happening. You have people that some of these celebrity pastors have never even heard their name that are so dedicated to them, and they're slandering you. Don't take that as an attack from that, that person. Right. It is important that we put things in context uh, when looking at that. But, you know, uh, celebrity pastors, this, this isn't something that's new uh, by any means. In 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 12 and 13, it says, Now I say that each of you says, am, uh, I am of Paul, or I am of Apollos, or I am of Cephas, uh, or I am of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you, or were you baptized in the name of Paul? Uh, the, the carnal church in Corinth, 
uh, actually came up with this idea of uh, celebrity pastors. Some of them had been saved from the ministry of Paul, some from Apollos, and, and they were going and they were doing all, all that, and they were going and trying to follow Apollos or Paul. Now, now we should follow uh, good, godly Christian men's examples, but it's the idea of that's that's not whose side we're on. We are to be on Christ's side. We're to be on the side of the truth. We're to take everything back to the Bible. And that's what the Apostle Paul ends up going and chastening them with, is saying, look, this isn't about celebrity. It's not about that. It's about Christ. And that's what we need to stick to. And, and Paul was a, a, the celebrity pastor of his day, especially in that passage. They were referring back to Paul. But notice that Paul was very humble. Don't give me any glory. I didn't. I wasn't crucified for you. Jesus was. So let's let's take the eyes off me and put it on Jesus. Paul also didn't do that ministry, obviously, for all the fame and fortune was going to give him. <laughs> I mean, he got fame, but in the wrong kind. I mean, he was beaten, he was stoned, he was imprisoned, he was given stripes. Mm-hmm. He said, I, "I know, I both know how to abound and how to be abased." Meaning. At different times, he didn't have a whole lot to eat or drink. He didn't have a, a fancy house. He didn't live in million-dollar mansions. He didn't travel by private jet. He was a guy that was doing what Christ told him to, let him out these different places, and he took the punishments he did, ultimately being executed. Right. So not to glorify the name of Paul, but to glorify the name of Christ. And we don't have a lot of pastors today that really seem to be interested in that. They're, they're too busy building their kingdom on earth, and you, you know you can build your treasures on earth. Christ told us to build our treasures in heaven where thieves don't break in, where mm-hmm. moth doesn't uh, corrupt and, and rust Destroy. doesn't corrode. So um, where are you building your treasures? Well, you can look at a lot of these big-name ministries, look where they live, how they dress, mm-hmm. how they travel, um, look at their bank accounts, and you kind of see exactly, because Jesus also said, where your treasure is, so where your heart also be. Right. Now, uh, the Apostle Paul, on a couple different occasions, once in Second uh, Timothy 4 and once, I believe, in Philippians 3, um, might have been Philippians 4, but I think it's Philippians 3, he made mention of the idea of uh, he was a a drink offering poured out upon the sacrificial offering of their faith. He made reference to himself as a drink offering. And this illustrates exactly what you're talking about, that he didn't make a a big deal about himself. He made a big deal about Christ. Uh, In fact, in the Philippians passage, he says he's a drink offering poured out upon the sacrificial offering of their faith. In the Philippians, faith is what's being burnt. Christ is the, the fire that's consuming it. And the drink offering was a joy offering that was poured out on top, and it gave a sweet smell that, that came out, and it was would be poured out completely. That's the first thing I think to notice about it, is that the Apostle Paul is saying that he's poured out for Christ. But then before uh, that, that uh, the wine there would go and hit the um, the burnt offering, it would go and get licked up by the flames so that nobody could see it. The only thing that would be left is a sweet-smelling aroma. It would be consumed by the fire so that when people would go and look at the faith of the Philippians, a, a church that the Apostle Paul planted, they wouldn't go and see, oh, it's, it's Paul. It's Paul who did this great work. But rather, they would just go and say, wow, I, I just see Christ's consumption. I just see Christ's work here in man that gives off a sweet smell when all we see is Christ. And that last, that second Timothy, the, the pastoral epistle to Timothy, the second one was also the last book that Paul would write for the Bible because soon thereafter mm-hmm. he was executed for his faith. So he was in fact very aware of the timing. His whole career now, his whole ministry was coming to a close. Not Paul-centered, but Christ-centered. And he would soon face death and be released to the glory of being with his Savior. So... 
that kind of gives me goosebumps thinking about that. Yeah, isn't that awesome? Yeah. It's it's not about celebrity. It's not about big names. It's about making one name big, and that is the name of Christ. Amen. Well, I think we covered that pretty well. What do you think? Yeah, let's, let's put this one to bed. Okay. Well, for the Shining Light Podcast, this is Pastor Sam. And Patrick, no compromise with Evil Wyatt. Have a great day. You hear him talking about evolution. I saw some beer.